Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to My Seven Wonders, being recorded in front of a special audience here at the Leicester Square Theatre in London's glittering West End. Now, as, as uh, uh, regular as this podcast won't need to be reminded, in ancient times, hanging gardens, great pyramids and other superstructures were celebrated as wonders of the world. Like Days of the Week and Deadly Sins, there are always seven of them. But what are the seven wonders you would put on your personal list? That's the question I ask my guests in this podcast and on stage here today. And the guest I'm asking today is the comedian, actor and TV presenter, Terry Alderton. I feel we're going to do a fitness video or something. I know. I, for the for the point for the podcast, you can't see, but I do look like I'm dressed as a football referee. Yes, I've come to keep yeah. order. Because before you were a comedian or an actor, you were a professional footballer. You I played. I played for well. I, I was an I was an apprentice at. South. Yeah, you were a goalkeeper. I was a goalkeeper you? at yeah. Southend United. I'd be tiny now. I'd be a tiny. Yeah, I know he's a laughing. Yeah, that's Southend. all right. Make the big time. Yeah, make the no, big time. No, but that still puts you way above. Well, uh, you, um, you, you know, ninety nine percent. I play football every week, but I don't need to play at that level. But it's unusual for somebody to be a goalkeeper and then become a comedian, unless you include Hugo Lloris. I don't know, but the... (laughs) Well, the thing is with that, that's true, but it's... It's, I don't think it's that much different because you're that you're the one in that one position on the pitch, aren't you? So it's like being the drummer in the band and all the other cliches, and then, you know, you're a... You're a comedian, so once again, you get, I just kind of like burying my soul, I think, and making mistakes and going, oh, no, it's me again. Because <laughs> that's all that happens when you're a goalkeeper. You know, you make 15 fantastic saves, and then you let one silly one in. Oh, Terry, Terry. And it's like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. And then but I why did you become with... a goalkeeper? Because you were big... For, uh, well, you know, maybe I wasn't were... very good on pitch. <laughs> well, uh, but nowadays, goalkeepers are supposed to be yeah, good on are, the pitch as are. well, which isn't really fair, yeah, is it? I just it? think I was... Um, I don't know. I just was... Uh, Taken in that that way, and and that's where I played and, and remained there. Yeah. You know, Terry go and go. All right, then. Yeah. I don't think I was necessarily the tallest in the school at that point, although I did have yeah. a friend called Richard Lumsden as an actor. Yes. And he he wasn't he's he, do you know Richard? No. Well, anyway, Richard Lumsden. He's he's lovely. Or yes, if that makes well, the conversation yes. makes the anecdote. But oh, Richard Lumsden. Yes, yes. go on. Yeah. Yeah, Richard Dicky. Yes, I uh, Lummy. <laughs> Dick Lum. I haven't seen Dick Lum for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, he told me a story once because he wasn't, he wasn't say, so gifted with sport. He was more of a writer kind of thing, that kind of child mm. at school. And uh, when they would pick the players, you know, I'll have you, you'll have him. Yeah. And then what they would do inevitably, they'd go, right, you have Richard and we'll kick uphill. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I thought that would be much funnier. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny yeah. when he tells a story. <laughs> if you knew it was. We should have changed that to yeah. someone else, like Tom Cruise or something. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> 
No, he wasn't a goalkeeper. He was, was he? not a goalkeeper. <laughs> he would have been too small. Although yeah. Sylvester Stallone was a goalkeeper, of course. Really? And he isn't, he isn't enormous, is he? He's, uh... No, but he was in a, he was in Escape to Victory, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. But, I mean, that's a work of fiction. So <laughs> <we're> gonna... <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I de- uh, so I've asked you to come up with your seven wonders yeah, of the world. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, this, because I don't know you, you, what happens for the people listening. You, you, you know, Cl- Clive kindly gives you your, your seven and then you, you send them off and go, uh, oh, hold on, I've got more now. Yeah. So I end up thinking, oh, have I, um, have I picked the Tied right thing? Tied yourself down. But d- well, don't yeah. worry about it. It's not a, you know, it's not a document that's going to be held to get you when you die well, and go you to don't heaven. Know. You had as one of your wonders. You really... don't know in this day and age. Yeah. <laughs> the world we're living in now, yeah. everything's, yes. everything's down on paper and what? flipping recording. I don't think there's anything on this list just as a, as a oh, thing. Oh, you that, don't know that's gonna get. I know. Something <laughs> you don't know where I'm going to be cancelled because of it. Well, let's start with your first <laughs> wonder, which is... Really, well, actually, just because just, we mentioned you're a goalkeeper. Yeah. We mentioned comedy. Yeah. But you're, you're also an actor. People have, would have perhaps seen you in uh, London's Burning and in EastEnders. And, and then, all the top stuff. Yes. All the top stuff. Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah, I did, I did. I've done a bit of an acting, but it was just by chance. I was in it. I had never watched... As everyone says this to you when you're in it as well. I never watched EastEnders, but... Someone, it's like funny, isn't it? Yeah. It gets 10 million a week, but no yeah. one ever watches it. No one votes, votes Tory either, but yeah. it's weird, really. Yeah. But um, <laughs> quite obviously, someone does. But um, yeah, I, I didn't want to be in EastEnders and Julia Cramsey, who's the, uh, uh, you know, Julia? Jewel Cramsey. Oh, Jewel Cramsey. Yeah, Jewel Cramsey. Uh, Jewel Cramsey. Yeah. She used to came... be called Richard, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're very good. Um, I went up to do the Edinburgh Festival. Um, and we would do, this is 10 years ago, crikey. Mm. And uh, I did a show, we did, uh, we did um, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, we did yes. a play of it. It was all comedians with me and uh, Omid played Red. Yeah. Omid Jalili. Uh, and um, so Julia came up to Edinburgh and said, look, I need someone to play this part for, uh, for Bianca, who's played by Patsy Palmer. She's like this mouthy redheaded girl in the show. If you've never, I doubt anyone in this crowd has watched EastEnders. Oh, right? EastEnders. Are... Bianca. So, yeah, well, yeah. 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 I still don't think they know what we're on about. But anyway, <laughs> or they probably watched Love Island. Now, but anyway. Um, you so, were on Love Island as well, weren't you? I was on Love Island. In the yeah. background. I was, oh, yeah. it was unbelievable. I was a tree. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, so, so Julia Cramsey came up to Edinburgh and said, we, we want this part to be played by someone nice now. Uh, because they'd already cast this guy and he was going to go in and be another nasty character for, the, yeah. for her terrible misfortunes. So... They wanted a knight in shining armor, and yeah. so Julia came up and said, "Will you?" Even though, even though in Shawshank I was playing uh, one of the one of the sisters, which yeah. if you know the film, it's not a very nice bloke. Yeah. But um, I, uh, I, so she said, "Come and have a meeting with me." And I remember I, I took a spoon out of the, out of the cutlery drawer, and uh, I put it on the on the de- the table when she sat down. We sat down. I said, "That's for you." And she said, "What's that for?" I said, "I'd rather poke my own eyes out with that than being EastEnders." <laughs> and then cut to cut to the chase. I was then in it for a yeah. year. But I did. I did actually quite enjoy it. Well, it's good work for an actor. Mate, isn't it? it was. Yeah. Uh, it was. Okay. Listen to me, Mike. It was all right. I've gone back to it. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it was. It was good. Yes, it was good fun. I, I'm glad I did it. But uh, mm. I got the old tin tack in the end because Patsy decided she was leaving, so we all had to go. Oh no. You couldn't get a script that involved you no, staying no, there no, in some no, way. No, no. I remember uh, Dominic, who was the main man at the time, calling me up and he's going, oh. I said, right, where are my chips? He said, I'm so sorry. I said, you begged me to come into this thing. Now you're kicking me out. <laughs> so um, it was a bit of a shame. But yeah, we, we left. But she went to uh, LA, bless you. And um, uh, isn't that funny? When, you know when, when the TV starts talking to you, you've got to worry, right? Mm. <laughs> 
I tell you this very quickly. I um, topical. Um, I did uh, was laying on the couch once. I wasn't very very well, and uh, I was watching this morning. Don't know why. I think my friend was on it. That's why my friend Sam Callis. You know Sam Kakaluka. Sam. Sam yeah. Kutka. Um, yeah. And uh, I sneezed, and Philip Schofield looked at the camera and went, mm. "Bless you." <gasps> wow. So obviously has, one of the he has special powers. He's that got man, special yeah. powers. Well, he did have. He did have. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I told yeah. him the story, and he, he didn't believe me. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. So yeah. I went in it. Yeah. And London's burning. That was good fun. But yeah, I've done a ver various things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's let's crack on with your wonders because we're we're twenty minutes in. We haven't I know. mentioned <laughs> one of them yet. But the I've had a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> That's from way back. So your first your first wonder is Forget double me. double decker buses. Yeah, and it's <laughs> now straight away when I put this down, I thought, of course, Johnson had all this, didn't he? I'm not as crazy as Johnson, um, but um, I uh, yeah, double decker buses, not single decker ones, but double decker. And basically, what it came from when I was very little, uh, my nan uh, lived in Southend. Right. And, uh, was she a goalkeeper as well? She or? was a very good no, goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. My nan could have saved that. <laughs> yeah, she was brilliant. And um, <laughs> your, now, gran, your nan lived in Southend. So my nan lived in Southend, and the, the 29 was the bus that would take you from out back out leeway into Southend. And it was a double-decker bus. It was 13 foot 6 tall. It was 8, eight metres wide. had an 11-litre engine. It was a Leyland. And... Uh, and I can still smell that bus. And I, uh, yeah, so I used to go up and see the bus, uh, 20, 29 into Southend, and my nan would say, she would have the timetable, because we always used to get the bus. The 23, which was a single decker, I didn't like that, but I also knew we were going to go and play bingo if we were getting yes, on that, so yeah. I wasn't happy. But if we I wonder if you could give me just a bit, bit more detail about this, because <laughs> this, is, this is very sketchy. We're only getting the numbers of the buses and the bingo. Oh, no, gonna, it's all going to come. Yeah, this, yeah, mate, is, yeah, if you've yeah. seen my app, this is how it works. Yeah. You're going, what's going on? And then there's a punchline you go is oh that, yeah, that is it okay anyway so yeah so this is how i got into the love of buses and um and it was it was mate it was, it was M, M, mr j mj set mj 296 was the number plate and anyway <laughs> and the chassis number was i haven't got the vin number either yeah. but um so that was the start. That was the start of it, and then I started obviously making buses, and then and then I found this world of buses. My dad used to drive RTs as well, not the RTW, which is obviously the wide body one, which they brought out later on. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but the, this are we is, on to Route Masters? Uh, well, I like the RTs, which were you, before, but I do yeah. like the Route Master is beautiful bus, yeah. of course. But yeah. the problem is, <laughs> there was a lady saying to me, but I'm not sure if I'm going to stay, Mrs. Grimes. If she said, she said, I'm not going to stay. What are your seven wonders? And I went, uh. <laughs> <laughs> They're interesting buses. Anyway, so yes, I do like the route. But what I do also like to do is, if I do get on a bus, I, I, I want to play with money, right? I got on a bus, uh, I, and I know they like change, uh, not that kind of change. So I, I gave the guy a five pound note. I thought it'd be funny because I don't like that, do they? And the kid looked at me and he went, "You can't." He literally said, "Sorry, mate, you can't pay with money." Mm. And I went, "What?" He said, you can't pay with money. Yeah. I said, did you say I can't pay with money? And he went, nope. So you had to beep it, right? You have to tap it, right? See so if you get buses, mm. right? You people probably don't. You probably got someone chauffeured you here. Um, so what <laughs> I did is... Like, no, cross-section of the no, London No, no, I can see, I can smell these people, the class. Anyway, <laughs> so what I did was, on the second journey, uh, I was going back. I literally, uh, stupid as it is, I put my 
de debit card, tapper card. I put it down the front of my trousers. And then when he said, I offered him, he said, you can only pay for money. I went, oh, right, you want me to tap? And he went, yeah. And then I lifted up my crotch and went, beep, like that. <laughs> and I went, and that's just a tip. And that's, <laughs> that, that sounds like I've tr cracked a joke in there, but that was, th that's the truth. I did do that. And he didn't, he didn't find that very funny, the guy. No. But, so... <laughs> Anyway, I love I loved what I like to do on a bus, and I'm really frustrated, is when, when the bus pulls in uh, and there are two people on the front windows. That's mm. the problem to me, because that's I like to sit at the front. And I'll be honest with you, I still do make... <laughs> I still do all the noises and everything. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't think 20 milligrams is enough, but my point is... <laughs> Well, I, I, miss I love about... a bus. I love buses, and yeah. I love the smell of them, and uh, and I and I love everything about them. Um, but but night buses, maybe that's a different ball game. <laughs> when I was a kid, I liked double decker buses, although they were, like... they were always a good excuse for being late to school because they were always late. Right. Well, what was your? Because uh, I was Eastern National. What were you then? What was your local? It was London Transport. It oh, was, you were like, where were you? Yeah, where yeah, were I was you... on the, in the suburbs of London, oh. and there, there was a number eighteen bus, which is a huge long bus route, and constantly it got all over the place. Oh. But what was good fun about buses? in those days is the two things about it you could get on and off because there was no door so mm. so if you're a school kid and you're trying to catch a bus you'd throw your bag on and, yeah. and, and obviously risking death at every turn yeah, yeah. and and in, in addition to that you always wanted to go upstairs and you could only smoke upstairs so all the school children and smokers gathered upstairs yeah. while the smokers puffed yeah. tobacco fumes to reduce the life expectancy of the young and we thought this was perfectly normal. This was just... You know. Well, that, that was the thing about Pratt. It was obviously a dangerous time for public transport. Yeah. Because you had, obviously, the bus, you could jump off the back and yeah. face danger. You can go upstairs and face, obviously, yeah. disease. And obviously, with trains at the time, when we were, yeah. were that age, you, you, you remember you could actually open the door up and, and try and jump off, couldn't you? At speed. Yeah. That were great days, they were. Yeah. Can't do that no more. <laughs> or you'd run alongside the train going, yeah. oh, and everyone go, come on, you can get on, you can get on. It's... And you get on and go... It's like that. Health oh, and safety gone mad. It now, was isn't it? Yeah, with doors on silly. buses and everything. Yeah, you, but uh, the double deckerness of it is is fun because there's a little, that little set of I stairs. I just like and, the height, and I just and even to this day, I still, if I see a bus and a lorry, there was a time where it would always be quite a competition who was the tallest. You see, they'd be quite on level pars because a country bus is usually around thirteen foot to thirteen six. And a, a London bus is 14.6, but the new route master is actually only, is only a 14.4, but it actually comes under 14.6 because it's got the... It's true, all this, right? Yeah. So, Terry, have you worked all this out for the purpose of this podcast? No, I haven't. Or I do, do it all the time. you have this in your head, though? Wait, look, I tell you, the yeah. thing is that they put, then the post office bought out a new lorry and their trailers are 16.2. Most motorway bridges are 16.6, right? So they can just get under. You know now, when you drive along, you see these massive trailers and you go, he's never going to do it. And they just get under, don't they? Well, that's nearly two foot taller, two, two and a half foot taller than a double-decker bus. And it's I've only seen it twice where it was a post office lorry with a, with a London bus and, yeah. it, and it dwarfed it. Oh, it was a great win. And I've got I've got shots of it, and I thought I've got loads of photographs, but I'm not sure that if you put at a website of lorries being taller than buses, anyone would be into it. Well, no, There's got to be one other person I in the world like me, hasn't there? There has to be one other. There, I think. I think just yeah, lorries and, being taller than buses. buses yeah, and website. The, yes. Yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> but I'm sorry. I know you think I do, oh, he's trying to cram in gags and routine. I'm not. This is the truth. I still do this, and I can even I will even drive along with my car, and if I see a lorry coming, and I know there's a double decker just coming as well, I get myself in a position, and I can just get the windscreen in the right place so I can measure the two as I go past, which was the bigger. Yes. 
I'm going to avoid you on the road there because oh, no, I feel dangerous. that's it's not yeah, dangerous. No, well, it sounds no, no. a bit dangerous well, to me. Well, you know, I, I'm very, very cautious when I drive. Yes. Uh, I wonder you drive at all. Why aren't you getting on and off double-decker buses? You love well, them so much. I can't do that, can I? I oh, can't you're too be... famous. You get well, recognised. not too famous. Yeah. Am I crying? Oh, it's London's burning at the front No, there. they yeah. don't. They go, look, it's Al Murray. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, no, I... He probably owns his own double-decker bus. He's then. got his yeah. own, anyhow. Yeah. yeah, he's bound to. But no, I, I, um, I, have to, I have to drive a car because, of course, I live out in the sticks, so... I have to uh, drive all over the country doing gigs and whatever. So, of course you do. I should have a bus to do it, but it cost me a fortune. Yeah, wouldn't get no eulers on that. What, do you ever do you ever fantasise about doing something like you know, Cliff Richard did? You know, in uh, <laughs> uh, summer oh, holiday. You know, the let's the go to double decker bus and go to France. <laughs> yes. We're going on a summer holiday. Yeah. Did you, yeah. did you ever see that film? Do you, of course I've seen it. You do. Did you enjoy it? Do you think, oh, they've I'll got the right... What? Did they do the, this fitting out the bus in a way that you would do if you took over I, a bus, do you think? I, but, no. Well, yes. yes. I, because people do up buses now, don't they? And they live in them. So I don't think I haven't toyed with that, especially with the current... The, Current yeah. interest rates going up. Although looking at this audience, you're loving the interest rates going up because you've all got savings, haven't you? So, but um, you're just saying people are old. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, love. I, um, my friend Grishina Frame. She was the voice. Uh, Grishina. Grishina Frame. Lovely girl. Grish, Grish, Grish Yeah, yeah. Regina Frame was the voice behind the girl singing on that. She was actually who was singing on it, and she was at the time married to Mitch Murray. Now, you know Mitch Murray. Is Mitch, of course. Of course. Yes, you know yes. Mitch Murray? Yeah. Why do you do what you do to me? He wrote, Billy, don't be a hit. He wrote those songs. Okay. This is a crap. Yeah. Do you know what? I've played this gig about 15 times in my career, right? And I rock it. <laughs> You're going well. You're going well. I'm only joking. Yeah. I'm only joking. Go on. Do, do, is there any more to say about double decker buses? No, that's uh, about it. That. Because you're all looking at me as if I'm crazy. But you want to know about things that I'm enjoying. I like. Yes. We've all got quirks, haven't we? And that's yeah. one of my little quirks. I like a double decker bus. You know. Yeah. You know. So, so you, when I was in London's Burning, I was driving the fire engines in that. Oh, that was great fun. That was. But it wasn't quite a bus. But I still got to go. And, oh, it spat on you. Sorry, Clive. I just spat on your boot with me air brake. Um, you can keep that tax man. Can't touch it. Go on anyway. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Double decker bus. I think yeah. they covered. They covered the territory. Because love double decker. You know buses. what? Uh, seven wonders are. You do there one, you and then another six come along behind. So we're <laughs> so we're gonna do. Come on! Uh, come on, people! Yeah. <laughs> Now, let's, someone has been working on no, that. No, I just thought about it. Uh, so let's go on to your next one, which you've, you've sort of listed, you know, they're all related things. So it's the Apple iPad, the Mac, the iPhone. So yeah. you've gone for a, one of the wonders of the modern world, really. Right, so the way, the way it works is this. I'm not a big Apple fan, right? Well, I am in a, to a degree, but what, what You've made it a wonder of the world. I have made it a wonder of the world, but before you think I'm an Apple boy, the reason I like this equipment is uh, being a lad who left school, I couldn't read and write, and then I taught myself to read uh, with Mr. Men books. I, it, oh, right. And I, got, I learned to read like that. But my spelling is uh, still not the best. But what these things have enabled me to do is to be able to write. Mm. And I don't do, I can't make music, but I can make music on my iPad and my Mac. I can manipulate right. stuff that I could never do. And the other great thing about it is, uh, where, whereas before, as you know, people in our generation and, and, and business have been beholden to 
big companies like the BBC and whatever yeah. to be able to record stuff and whatever. So now I live yeah. in a world where I can just sit down and I do my, I've got a two podcasts that I do. Um, uh, I do it all from home. I edit it all from home. I make everything in, in my house. And now I do all my voiceovers uh, like for TV ads and whatever, I do it all from the house. So it's all this equipment. It's incredible. Not only the fact, you can always tell someone who can't spell very well when they're texting, because mm. now, now you can obviously dictate your text as well, which is brilliant, of course. So that you, <laughs> someone like me will be going, text, 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 papaya. <laughs> text, 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 text. Yeah. And it'll do it for me. So Well, you could do the whole thing. Why do you do, what do you take? You could do sound. the whole thing, but I don't want to look like... Uh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, actually, no. Actually, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you why I don't. Because you, when you're texting or writing, you're thinking, aren't you? You're kind of going... Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. So that I wouldn't be going... So I will see you later, comma, at mm. the pub, yeah, no, comma. I, yeah. you know. No, I, I get what you mean. But that's just, just uh, the, the phone. You've mentioned all the other things, the iPad. So you, you like... And you can type. And well, you see, the thing about the iPad it is... correct spell checks It's not just you. that. Yeah. The great thing about the iPad, when I started doing comedy, I use a lot of musical cues. And, you know, I'm one of those comics that starts with a song and ends with a song. You know, right. I'm a very traditional, but very out there sort of kind of comic, I suppose. But um, what I love about the iPad is that I can, I can do and write music and do music on it. And also then when I do my act, I have it on stage with me and I, I cue all my cues off it. So... Whereas before, I had it on little tapes, so I'd have to sort of get the tape with yeah. a little drawing of a line and get the sound guy to go, click, as I said a word, click. As I, so now everything's... It's just brilliant. It sounds like you're really on top of things. Uh, it's it's yeah. a totally brilliant thing. And also, yeah. you know, with a lot of young comedians now, they don't, they don't come on here anymore and do gags. You know, yeah. their whole thing is, you know... Yeah. But there, there is... There is a flip side to that, of course. You know, my 16-year-old is constantly walking around with it in his face. You know, mm. that's the bad side to it. You yeah. know, I'm constantly saying, put it down for a minute, you know, TikTok and yeah. all that. But so, and you've, in fact, you're only scratching the surface of things because you can do your email, you can be contact with the Smithsonian Library in Washington to get a fact. It's unbelievable. You've got the computer power that could take it's, you it, to the moon and back in, will, a, in your pocket. Could, yeah. Absolutely. And the other thing is, it will be our downfall. There's no doubt about that for me. I think that technology will be the unveiling, you know, it's going to pick us apart. Yes. It already is. Um, and you think we, they're going to take over the, the I don't know about that AI and all that that yeah. AI has been around for years I mean anyone who plays like FIFA for goodness sake you know you're constantly you've been playing against an AI for donkeys you know it's, yeah. it's I'm not too worried about that I just think that um, you know the way we all put our money now if you look at <laughs> you look at when uh Russia invaded. Uh, what, what happened with Mastercard and Visa? They just shut the Russian people down. I mean, where, mm. where's that? So all of, all of a sudden, they just turned their money off. I mean, mm. what? Yeah. So it's kind of scary in in that way, I think, but um, in a productive way. Well, that's but the, the way that's supposed to work is that nobody wants to start wars because you don't no, want to be suddenly locked out of the economic system. No, no, no. But it hasn't seemed to have worked with Putin. He's uh, no, no. But you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. But the fact that they can do that to any of us, we could all just be turned. You could just turn your card off, and that's it. You're finished. Yeah. You know, you don't do. We'll turn you off, kind of thing. So yeah. I mean, I'm really digging into the conspiracy back back here, but but I think some of you are kind of going. Mm, you might be right, actually. Mm. But um. But for me as a performer and me as someone who creates, like I do my Bear With Me podcast and I do a, a football podcast with Jonathan Pierce, that's we have mm. all our guests remotely. So oh, right, it's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have Terry Butcher on and Terry's in his house. Well, I'm in my house and Jonathan's in his house. And then, of course, like with Bear With Me, which is a, oh God, here we go. You thought Double Decades were crazy. 
So this podcast is about a guy called Ed, and he lives uh, with his, uh, his friend. He's a bear who he found on the beach, but he's a man dressed as a bear in a man costume dressed in a bear costume, but we don't know. I don't even know. I, I write it. Mm. Um, and they live down Turkey Cock Lane, which is a real place near Fingering Ho, which is a real place in Colchester. Um, no, these are real places. So I, I know, but you've selected them particularly. Of course though. I did, yes. Because yes. it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, stumbled on it's these a silly cartoon comedy thing. Yes. So they live in these, they live in Turkey Cock Lane, in Turkey Cock Cottage. And, um, and next door is, uh, is Wally. He's like a little beekeeper, man. You know what I mean? He's got bees. And the bear's always trying to get in the bees. And then on the other side, you've got Martin Perlman. He's a lovely man. And he, his wife is taxidermied and he pulls her around on wheels. Okay. And I feel we've strayed into a different podcast now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the, yeah. but the point being yeah, is, yeah. I'm going to come to a point. I type it on my iPad, right? Yeah. I then sit in my little studio and I make all the music. I do all the Foley. So then I go out on my iPhone and my iPad with drills and stuff. So the yeah. bear might be going, oh, I'm just putting up a side. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so I make everything, every single thing, the music. And I can't do music, but I love music. And I put music in. I do all the Foley, the sound effects. I do all the voices. I do all the writing, but it's yeah. all done with all of that. So that's why it's one of my wonders of the world. Well, no, I, I think it's an absolutely uh, a brilliant wonder to include because we, we, I, I, I like it when people just have sentimental things or just things they happen to like, but, but it, it is recognising the fact that these extraordinary things you can do. I'm constantly... I only really appreciate it when it doesn't work. And you, yes. you know, I clicked on it, the icon before. Oh, it hasn't worked this time. I have no idea. Why is this not working? What, what is an icon? Yeah. When I click on it... Who does what? Is somebody <laughs> is somebody in California getting a phone call? For the, well, how is it? Well, I have no idea. I have to admit my ignorance, and I can operate it perfectly happily till it goes wrong, and I realize yeah. what is going on. Well, just and, oh, it's a silicon on. chip. Okay, it's a silicon chip. What's a silicon chip? Why has it got all the knowledge of the world on it? Uh, who put it there? Well, how, how does it thing. get in there? What about hard drives? They always freak me out. That's the one thing in the world you can fill up that doesn't get any heavier, does it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's for me for me for a, for a, for a, for a boy who was told that he's going to amount to nothing and having teachers not all some were very supportive but some's just going you're stupid get out and then I was because I couldn't read and write so of course I'm dumb but you know for someone now uh, who's gone on t and I've done you know s several radio four shows and yeah you've done and I've yeah, written them. I've great written stuff, them. But but why was that? Why was that at you, at school? You couldn't read and write. Were you just, not just uh, not connecting with you? No, they, no, no, nothing to do, do. No, more the fact that my brain is slightly wired differently. I think, and I just don't. I don't do well with figures and and, yeah. and words and yeah. and what have you. I'd love to be brilliant at maths, but it's just something I can't. You know, it's just the way I am. I think. I mean, we might come onto that uh, later, but uh, uh, for one of your wonders. But uh, okay, so so at your, your Apple and its various products, but I suppose there you are rival products as well. You could you, you could do PCs, but it's just something's yeah. happened. The Apple for me, the way yeah. it all works together for me as a creative. The only thing that doesn't make any sense is it's most, mainly in the people that are into uh, that equipment, especially like the iPad. That they took all the. Uh, the, the, the solid state out of it, you know, yeah. connecting by wire, and now it's all wireless. Anyone who knows in in this business that we're doing now, yeah. or in musical business, you want to be you want to be hardwired. You to speak to any sound person, they want to be they want to yeah, be, no, I agree they want to be clicked that, in. Yeah. You know, it, it's extraordinary how rapidly these things have uh, happened, though. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand and seven, that was. You know, that, that iPhone came out, and just before that, the uh, LG Chocolate had come out. You see, that was the yeah. first kind of touch phone that. Because Apple always look at something else and go, actually, yeah. we can make that better. Yes. And that's what yeah. happens with Jobs when he saw uh, yeah. the mouse coming out of a Xerox machine. It was a photocopier, and he went, I can make that much better than that. And that's yeah. how it happened. 
Yeah. I, I remember when this sort of thing, in very early days, I had an Amstrad. Do you remember an Amstrad? Yeah. The, the Lord Sugar made, personally. Yeah. And it was connected with some funny little wire and a yeah. little printer. which sort of, And that was fantastic. I enjoyed that a lot. But then I had a conversation with a friend of mine. In fact, he's uh, no longer alive. Uh, Douglas Adams, who wrote all the Hitchhiker's Guide thing. I said, I think I'm need to upgrade this, this little Amstrad, 300 quid. And he said, oh, and he gave me a list of things that I should get. And it came to 10,000 pounds. Wow. I said, I said, hang on, Douglas. Uh, is that worth it? Am I going to get uh, you know better printing quality out of this? Oh, there's no printer yet. We haven't got to the printer yet. That's, oh. an, that's another thousand quid. And and then you think, oh, this is a ridiculous amount of money. But everyone gets used to it, and the people, you know, the business is built around the idea that you Correct. have to get something. Like get, that. It's supposed to be saving you money, but when do you ever get that money back when you invest? Well, it's out of date within three well, years. Well, yeah, but it's it depends. You, it's it's horses, it's horses for courses, isn't okay. it? It's, but just on that very quickly, Cubase was one of the first programs to come out on Amstrad. So musicians all had those. Yes, because Cubase is a good recording. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. It's a beep, bop, 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 But it beep. hardly did anything. But it was still a it wonderful was, advance it, it was, for the it was, it, was, it was a move on from the Vic Twenty and. The the, uh, yeah. and the and the Amstrad uh, ZX Spectrum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so you've put a, a you know a real life wonder of the world. Uh, so number three, Go on. is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. The, yeah. play, the Tom Stoppard play. Yeah. Uh, so you presume moment. you've been in it, as otherwise you. Two thousand and four. I uh, I was asked by um, this guy Ian to would I come over and do this play Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and I rang up my friend Sam Callis, who I mentioned earlier, Saka, uh, yeah. Saka Bakar, yeah. and. Uh, I said, you know this play Rosencrantz and something? And he went, yeah, what about it? And I went, oh, I've been asked to do it. He went, do it. Yes. Right? So anyway, I, uh, I had a meeting with this Ian and the, he, they, they just had redone the Royal uh, Opera House in Jersey, which is beautiful theatre. And he said about this play, so I'd obviously then looked it up and whatever you and knew all about it. And um, he said, I want you to uh, do it with another comedian. So do you, who would you like to do it with? And I, I thought, well, a lot of the circuit kind of comedians that I work with, I thought they're not going to be, it's not going to be their thing. Uh, and I wasn't sure that I wanted to spend a lot of time with some people, if that makes sense, not being rude. So then I thought, oh, well, I know. I, I didn't get the call. So I, I... Clive, you're a bit before my time. Um, <laughs> when were you enough, doing this? When were you doing this? this in, play? In, in Jersey. No, when? when? Oh, sorry, it's 2004. Yeah. 
Okay, so, I may be before your time, but I was alive in 2004. <laughs> well, I don't think we were that tight at that time, Clark. <laughs> anyway, so what I did is I got, um, I, I, rang, uh, I rang Joe Pasquale. Oh, and said, you want to do this? And he went, yeah. He said, what is it, love? What is it, love? What is it? I said, it's a, it's a play. He went, oh, it's a play. What is it? I said, it's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Oh, what's it about, love? What's it about? And I said, uh, I said, well, you'll have to kind of read it. Now, if people know the, the piece, it's yeah. quite a piece. And it's usually a lot of students will do that at university. Yeah, I did it at university. Of course yeah. you did. Yes, of course I did. I was Guildenstern. Were you? Guildenstern? No, I was Rosencrantz. Oh, well, there. Yeah. That makes a lot of difference. And Joe yeah. was Guildenstern. Oh, right. And okay. Joe was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, forget all that. I got something that would get on your nerves. Forget all that. No, he went really straight, mate. He was really unbelievable, you know. Mm. Like, you know, it was like, what is, what is death? Yeah. You know, it's just a bag of second-hand clothes, you know. <laughs> and it, it was wonderful to do. And, and of course, you know, at the beginning, you're flicking the coin yes. heads. Well, we did the first night, and it was a wonderful set they put out. And it was lovely. It was beautiful. And uh, so I'm flicking these great big old-fashioned coins. And as I flick it, and it falls, it went straight in the groove and just <laughs> sat up on the first night like that. Yeah. And I had to kick out of him heads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But it was uh, what was brilliant about the the, the play for me. Uh, I was going through a massive transition as a comedian. I was actually quite a, quite a mainstream comic. I go, you know, it's like when you want to when you want to play. You know, that was the kind of thing I did, and I never wanted to be that. I wanted to be more like I was sort of being pushed towards that sort of Barry Moore Saturday Night thing when I ended up doing all these shows with Lulu, and I did loads of stuff. You won't even remember me, but. I kind of... It what did all, you do with Lulu? What was I the did a show for, called... It was a lottery show called Red Alert, yeah. but we called it Red A Nightmare. It was, a, it was terrible. So I'd had this kind of... I had a lot of telly, but doing loads of stuff. and yeah. I, I didn't look anything like I do now. I had a bit of hair and whatever. And, but I was being pushed up this route, and I didn't want to be up this route. And all of a sudden, you know how someone else comes in yeah. in, the t in, 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 in charge of whatever it was, the BBC at the time, they go, no, I'm oh, not yeah. digging you. So yeah. Salmon went out. Yeah. Lorraine Hegarty came in and uh, that was the end of me kind of thing. All right. So yes. I went to a place and then I thought, you know what? I'm going to reinvent myself and do what I wanted to do because I was a massive fan of Milligan and Sellers and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was doing this mainstream kind of... So in 2006, I, I started doing this thing. If you've ever seen my act, you probably haven't, but I, I, turn, I turn and talk to two inner voices. It's like a bit like a drama triangle going on. So it's me with me and the other two. And... Um, it's like a devil and an angel. No, not really. Yeah. It's not. No, it's just uh, they're they're talking to me now. But um, uh, they're telling you to leave. <laughs> they're telling me not to explain them. But um, <laughs> what what it is is the about the the thing about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. There's always this debate: are they dead or alive? In my opinion, not either. They're not dead or alive. It's complete nonsense. That they're just two bit players in Hamlet that are standing behind the curtain. That every night, every time Hamlet starts to be played, they kind of come alive again. And they're like, what are we doing? They, they can never make head nor tail of it, yeah. okay? Um, but the great thing about it is you can kind of break the fourth wall, which is, for people who don't understand theatre, you have to, obviously the back wall, the two side walls, as you three and the four, as you, me looking out now at you guys in the auditorium. That's the fourth wall. And the thing about that is you can speak to audience members. They think you're talking to them, but mm. actually you're talking, I'm talking to Joe, and then we carry on the piece. Yes. And the other thing about it, what, what really amazed me is how you can stop. Mm. Like that, yes. And hold it. And then yeah. people don't, they don't like it, you know. But then you pick it up again and everyone's like relieved. And I thought, that's how I want to do my comedy. I want to take people on a journey where they're going, oh, no, no, oh, I don't want to go down here. And then you pull it back and you're relieving them. And they go, oh, thank goodness for that. And then you knock them back to where they thought they were going to be, you know. This, this, is a, this is very interesting about your comedy, but I don't, I don't want to just pass by as well the fact that you mentioned you, you couldn't read or write at school. Now you're talking about being in TV 
Mm. And Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, there's a lot of words in it. It's a very yeah, wordy Yeah, but play. I taught myself. Did you, can you read or do you yes, learn can, words in another I way? I learn words in another way. But the, the, the point being was I wasn't just going to lay down and go, right, okay, I'm stupid. I like performing and, and I, I'm one of those people that will go, you know, I'll be honest with you. I watched my dad work his ass off, excuse my language. You know, my dad would get up like everyone else's, but my dad would get up at six. He'd go out in his van. I'd be excited to see him pull in at 6.30, 7 o'clock. He'd come on have a shower, put his tracksuit on, have his dinner, fall asleep. That was me and my dad. And I love him for it. And I will always love him for doing that. But I just thought, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. No. I want to play, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'll learn and do things that I can to, to do what I want to do. And I, since the age of 18, I've been doing comedy and I've, I've done all right out of it. You may yeah. not, I may not be at the heights that I would like to be at, but I've, I do know that I've got a, a really lovely respect. And you, you don't regard it so much as work because there's, no. there's, there's plenty of fun in doing totally it. Totally blessed. Yes. Yeah. It, it, we, we, you know, we're both sitting on this stage. We both know what it's like. We're, we're totally and utterly blessed. I, someone looked down on me and it's just, it's, it's wonderful where I've been and what I've done. And to be able to do things like Rosencrantz and Kilnerstone are dead, which is just a, an amazing piece. And to be able to do all these things and just be that guy. And it wasn't a revenge thing. There was no point in me thinking, right, okay, I'll show you teachers. There might be a bit of that, but... Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to... And I remember Fame being on, the program Fame. And I thought, that's it. I'm going to yeah. live forever. And I thought, that's it. And, you know, and I used to... was My mum's very into show business and she was always into, uh, you know, Her Majesty's on Sunday and all that and the live yeah. on the Palladium. And I remember she'd be going, Bobby Daffro's on, Bobby Daffro's on, because I love doing impressions and stuff. So I'd be like, straight down the stairs. And, yeah. You know, uh, Mike Yardwood's on, you know. So, so that, that, that's where, that was the, the, the grounding of it. And then to end up doing that play. And for, for so me, this is in Jersey as well. So that's a very pleasant place to go and it's visit. It's beautiful. It was, you, it was Joe Pasquale. It was with Joe, and it was yeah. a superb cast. Yeah. And uh, there's a player king as well as important. The king, role. and of course, when the king comes on, you know, it's yeah. a Jersey crowd. So they, there's a bit where they, they get interrupted by the king, and the king would walk on and go, How now? And someone would always shout out, Brown Cow, of course. Yeah. Um, but it was always, there's a nice bit in that bit where, where the, I think it's the player comes out and says, uh, what do you think we want? Jokes, you know. And it was lovely. Just every night for me and Joe to just turn to the audience because we're comedians, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but Joe Joe Pasquale was. Uh, you, I don't know what I don't know what people think of Joe, but not only is he a, he's he's a lot more fantastic than you realise. You know, I've never seen anyone blow a room away like Joe does. Yeah. You know, because you think he's just a silly voice bloke, but see him live, you know, obviously he's like snobby, but he was particularly phenomenal. Phenomenal yeah. in that play. Could you, you, did you try and outdo each other? In no, this no, bit? no, 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 no. Yeah. It was, there was did a, you get to meet Tom Stoppard? Who, who, you no, know, we wrote, didn't. Yeah. Sadly, no. I would like to have done he that. Would have fancied a trip he, to Jersey. Well, surely, you see, did. there was talk of him coming over to watch it, but yeah. he, he never came. But um, uh, what, what I was going to say something about Joe. Oh, this is the only okay. time I've ever seen Joe get angry as well, mm. because we were sitting in these little digs, and uh, you, you imagine Joe Pasquale getting angry. It's it's quite terror, mm. terror, terrifying. We'd Does grow, his voice go up an octave when he gets we, angry? Well, we've all yeah. grown we've grown beards. We've grown all our hair out and everything. Right. And he and the, the lines in that that but it's very chop and ch you know it's one minute you're talking about something else and you go yeah. hold on I heard drums you know it, it, you yeah. take an audience going what you know and that's kind of like I said yeah. how I styled my act really. But I remember coming in and just having a laugh with Joe, and he just he just lost it. He just put his foot down, and I'm not going to use expletives, but he was like, "Take love." He said, "I can't do this. I can't do this. It's got to stop mucking around, right? Stops now. Stops now, love, right?" 
And I was like, all right. <laughs> Do you want a cup of tea? Yeah, I'll have a cup of tea. <laughs> but it's very funny seeing Joe get angry. But he doesn't get angry, that's why it's a funny well, well, I'm going to angry. We don't get through these wonders of the world, so we've got to get on to the next go one, on, which is on. the... Sorry, sorry. No, no, I'm not... No, nothing to apologise for. I'm just saying we have to move on. I'm, I'm apologising for interrupting your, you your reminiscences. Interrupt. I just wanted it to, to be go enjoyable. on to some different reminiscences. Okay. So your next wonder of the world is The Dark Side of the Moon, yeah. which is the Pink Floyd album you usefully note, rather than the actual Dark Side of the Moon. Yes, uh, so, I did. So, so tell us why you've selected that. 1973 well, that came out, I think. Right, yeah. correct. My dad would listen to that over and over and over again. Uh, so I remember my dad would put the record on, which is still brilliant to listen to it on vinyl, to be fair, with all the cracks and blips. And my dad, I remember me and my mate James would always sit there. My dad would have it full blast on those. You remember those great big headphones with the yeah. big whirly, whirly, quirly sort of cable that yes. went in with the yeah. great big, you know. And he'd sit there and he'd have it, bright. You, could, you could hear it. With him, with the headphones on, that's how loud it was. And me and my mate James used to think it was funny to ask him terrible questions, you know, because mm. he, he was so into the music, he just wanted to go yes to everything. <laughs> so we'd ask him something ridiculous, like going, do you like right, eating rotten eggs? And he'd be going, yeah. <laughs> but the point behind that, and also that was the other thing, when my dad was out, because he goes goody, goody bullshit, doesn't he? I used mm. to try and find that one bit, so we'd laugh because <laughs> they were swearing on a record. Yeah. But um, the reason I, I went on to, to love that album is because then I grew... Uh, you know, obviously, and matured, and then you you go back to something, don't you? Yeah. you, know, you go, you go. It's like actually, you know, the first time you have sex with with your very first girlfriend, isn't it? And then, like years later on, you want to do it again with her because you want to prove that actually you're better now, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a terrible that's, simile. That's but... not a great chat up line, no, it's even with it. But you, you know, remember, you remember thirty years ago, I, I <laughs> was young. We had sex, okay. and I wasn't very good. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've learned a few things yeah. now, but but. <laughs> What, well, so what, have I. Get up. <laughs> <laughs> Has it grown? No, it hasn't. Um, so, what what was in what 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 was interesting about the album is if anyone it's it's one of those brilliant albums that you love it when you say to someone, "Have you never heard it?" and they go, "No," and you're like, "Oh my goodness!" You you, get it out, it's yeah. like it's all, with Nell and I is like that for me as well. When someone goes, "Never seen with yeah. Nell and I," you go, "Oh my god!" You've got something to look forward to because yeah. you know I, I figure in life you're either a with Nailer or you're not a with Nailer or yeah. you've never seen with Nell. You know, but yes. if you don't get it, then you're probably not going to get me. But um, <laughs> this guy down here knows exactly what I'm on about. Yeah. But Dark Side of the Moon for me is is it's not just it's a brilliant concept album and it's this great journey and it's this mad trip that you can go on. It's also, it's just brilliant for everything. Driving, if I can't sleep and I'm suffering terribly from anxiety, I put that album on. Mm. That and Tony Hancock get me off oh, yes. all the time to sleep. Oh, you could have had Tony Hancock as a wonder of the world. Well, Tony Hancock yeah. is a wonder of the world, yes, but I know yeah, I could go on about... Yeah. But, a, but a Dark many, Side many. of the Moon, uh, it's, got, it's got that track Money on it, which is ironically but you know is the, about is sort of criticising money, of, but that's they made more money well, out of that got, one track. Well, well, of course, but that's all Roger Waters is, isn't it? I mean, he's constantly out there going, yeah, like that. And you're going, you're probably just making how much you get for this concert. But we don't know. We can't. He might give all his money away. Well, Roger Waters, who knows to make sense of him at the moment? He's, you know, they've split up, the band has split up. And he does these, you know, things in... He does his his own... Well, he's on his last tour again, isn't he? But um, I think if you listen to Nick... If you... (laughs) If you listen to uh, uh, Nick, you know, the drummer. He, Nick Mason, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, oh yeah, Nick. Well, I was, yeah, yeah. I was I trying did, to do the joke. The, I was the, trying to do the joke again. Nick, Nick Matt. Oh, well. 
Oh, no, um, if I do know Nick Mason. Nick, Nick Mason. He's done one of these uh, Wonders of the World. So, uh, Has he? Well, seven he, by seven he, wonders, yeah. he was going on about the fact that, you know, he was sick and tired that these old two, two men have waited all this time, you know, that they're mm. arguing because he thinks he's Mr. Pink Floyd and he yeah. writes the lyrics and just because he does all that, you yeah. know. And he's saying, we could have been playing all this time. You know, yeah. we could have been playing all this wonderful music together yeah. instead of you two just banging heads together, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's but, the way of... Uh, Rock bands, pop groups, all that. Well, they of often it is. come together, then they fall apart. Nick Mason is the still quiet voice of calm. Oddly enough, for a drummer, he yeah. is the calmest one in the entire. Yeah. But uh, then, setup. of course, Richard's gone, hasn't he? Which is sad. Yes, but, so yeah. we'll never be now. Sid Barrett went, and you know, there's there's all these various, you know, things, and there's arguments going. There's Nick Mason. They're supposed to be the wild man on the drums. Yeah. is actually the most sensible. Just yeah. just going back to money quickly and drums. Uh, the m- money is the one song actually because. It's a real bass song, that is. It's a song for the bass guitar, and I don't know if anyone's really ever noticed this. If you if you listen to Dark Side of the Moon, and I've listened to it so many times, you just pick one instrument through it, right? And Money, if you, if you can be bothered, right, get it on your headphones and listen to Money, but concentrate on the bass, because the bass is just amazing in that, because they go... guitars are underrated. They are underrated, but it's such a bass song, because it's boom, and you hear, and you really listen, because you've got, either side, you've got Richard Wright giving out, you know, if you listen to your headphones, and then you've got Dave giving it a little, one up there, and the bass is going... Anyway, listen to it, and you'll see Okay, so you like the album, but perhaps the explanation why it's a perhaps a little bit earlier in your life than you'd expect with, to be the, the, your era, it's because of your association with your father liking it. Yes, it's, it's with my dad. My dad yeah. was a massive Shirley Bassey fan. And of course, I love Shirley Bassey as well, because, you know, and and, and so on and so forth. But the, the the thing about that album is, when I, when I did um, Radio 4 shows, when we first sat down to say, um, my producer, Richard Melvin, said, you know, how do you see this being put together? I said, well, Dark Side of the Moon. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, that's what I want it to be. I want my show to be edited in a, in this confusion, you know, that people go, I'll listen to that again. What has gone on there? You know, and that's right. kind of yeah. how I wanted you it to be. You didn't want a big light show on Radio 4. No, that, no, that, no, that, no, that, no that not a big be... light show. So that's yeah. that's that's what All I did. Right. And that's why I love I love that. I love that album. I'm, I love the band, I'll, you I'm know. Gonna, I'm going to have to force the pace, though, because we, we've got... Force the pace. An, force the pace. An, force it, An orchestra is your fifth one. An orchestra. If it... Orchestras to me, I, I said earlier on about maths, you know, it's the, it's the closest thing you'll get to seeing in an equation, right? It's the earliest form of, of, uh, of digital, you know, on, off, on, off, one, one, zero, you know. Mm. It's like a form of maths to me, you know. And when I, when I, 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 when I watch the, if I watch stand-up comedy, you know, I probably go, oh, that's good. I like the way you've done that. Yeah, it's clever how you've done it. I watch some acting and I go, I can see you acting. It's a bit like Judy Dench said, you know, what's the worst thing about watching an actor when I can see them acting, yes. you know? And it's hard when you're on this side of the fence because you're going, all oh, right. But with an orchestra, you see, you'll sit there and you'll just go, wow, wow, wow. This is not even to like a, 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 a 10 millionths of a second together. They're together. Yeah. There's no space. There's no cigarette paper that can be yeah. put in. It's How together. do they do it? Is it's your... unbeatable. Yeah, yeah. And you've got like maybe Rutter at the front banging away like this, you know. Yeah. And then they bring in the choir, you know. And then it's just it just never ceases to amaze me. And I, and I love watching the oboe because the oboe inevitably always sits in the middle, right opposite the conductor. And it's and you know when it's coming because the big frog frog cheeks come, yeah. don't they? Go. Yeah. They've got these great big frog yeah. cheeks and then and loads of spittle on the floor out of the end of their pipe. But it's so. Just, would you like to play in an orchestra? No, I couldn't do it. No, but if you you know if you could. Uh, yeah. Somewhere. Would it be an oboe? Would it be a violin? First violin or the timpani at the back? I think or... I'd just be the, be the bloke who just gets up now and again and goes and then sits back down again. Yes. You know, a bit of percussion. Um, but it, 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 
what I was saying about, you know, about comics and watching actors and all that, that is the one thing in the world when I watch, and I, I could never do it, and I don't know how they do it. I, of course, I know how they do it, but, you know, the movement on a bow, just a certain amount, on a certain move up the string on a violin, for example, is so amazing that then you've got 10 other people doing the same thing mm. together. Whilst then the horns will pop up and go, you know, and you're like, wow, you, how are you all doing this? Yeah. It's just, I, and it it's never ceases. And I'm the guy as well, especially if I go to like the Royal Albert Hall, you know, I'm the guy, you know, when the, a piece finishes, you know, mm. like it's the done thing. You don't clap, do you? Oh, Wait, I can't go going up. And there's always oh, yeah. someone behind me going, you don't clap here. And yeah, I'm going, so I end want of, to clap yeah. though. Yes, it's odd, isn't it? Those is end of a movement. You're not supposed to clap. Well, it's a, what's it's the a, point of that? That's the only yet? problem with it. There's a kind of a little bit of a snobbery towards it when you're in the audience. There's a kind of like, no, no, no. That's not. There's a certain etiquette, and you're like, mm. oh, I just want to applaud, man. I'm in awe of the whole thing, yeah. you know. So is it, the orchestra just absolutely blows my mind. Mm. Blows but, my mind. But your way of capturing music is is using an an, an iPad. Yeah, or, or, or yeah. yeah, or well, I'll sample something or bring it out, and I yeah. can manipulate it through using the tech. Correct. Yeah. But I'm never going to get to that. You know, when you think when you listen, you know, when you listen to a bit of chopping, yeah, mm. you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember listening to Chopin once, and I and I thought I've got, I had to turn it off, right? Because my mind's, you know, we're probably going to come to that. But yeah. I, I had to turn it off because not only someone had written that. And yeah. put, there was now someone else doing it as well. And if you listen to Chopin, really listen, it's incredible yes. what is going on. Yeah, it's incredible. And that's the other thing I love Sergio Rachmaninoff as well. But uh, I, I didn't realise that he's so hard to play, isn't he? Because he had enormous hands. Mm. That's why. Exactly. So that's why when people go, it's like a bit tough. It's a bit yeah. of a tough uh, to play. Or about someone like Beethoven, late late period Beethoven, yeah, but, he's but, composing. And he can't hear. That's well, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that. He might be a bit moody, mightn't he? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. A lot of grand stuff. Uh, like, um, like uh, I like Bayham. Of course, I like Bayham. But some of it, you know, I'm not. I'm not so much into the big grander stuff. Right. You know, um, more delicate stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, a bit big, sort of bam, bam, bam. Mm. You know, pomp and ceremony, um, a circumstance, that kind of thing's not really my bag. So not not Wagner. You wouldn't go and. Uh, well, yeah. the Jew inside me is going, well, I don't know about Wagner, mate. You know yeah. what I mean? But um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm part, I've got a bit in me. Well, I mean, man was Sadie Nathan. You work it out, right? Yeah, okay. So, well, yeah, but no, I've, Wagner. No, Wagner's brilliant. And that brilliant episode of Kirby Enthusiasm when he keeps singing, he keeps whistling Wagner, doesn't he? And all the, all the Jews around him are getting really annoyed. <laughs> Well, yeah. I didn't say it to be wrong. I'm I just, don't well, mind I'm just exploring, you know, yeah, no, Tchaikovsky. You know, no, yeah, Tchaikovsky, yeah. yeah, bits yeah. of Tchaikovsky, yeah, yeah, the Swan Lake and what have you, yeah. But, yeah. Um, and of course, you know, and of the, the, the Holtz, Holtz the, the planet yes. as well. And yeah. um, Well, let's not dwell on, uh, on Tchaikovsky's uh, patriotic Russian music for the moment. <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite as fashionable it, at the moment. I think it'd be disgusted. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Anne Orchestra. Number six, we might take quickly because it's, the, it's the internet because uh, we've kind of covered the tech in uh, uh, Apple, iPad, Mac and iPhone. But, but the internet, again, you, you again, you have certainly put your finger on a, a wonder of the yep. world. That I mean, can... it, it, I, I take it as a, a utopia rather than a, a dystopia yeah. because he has the, got the dark side of it. Of course it has, as so as the moon. Um, <laughs> see what yeah. I did oh one yeah. quick thing on Dark Side of the Moon as well if you know the album right if at the very end you just quickly Clive sorry if you that's, turn that's... it up really loud you know you can hear the guy go there is no Dark Side of the Moon it's all dark right but if you listen really carefully 
you can hear another piece of music being played. Oh. And I'm not sure if it's um, do blah dee, do blah da, and then ho ho, da 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 da. And what it was was the Beatles were recording next door. Oh, no. And they picked it up. So you've really yeah. got, you like this, don't you? You like, you've got to whack it right up. So yeah. get it, get it to the dark side of the moon, then turn it as full as you can. And if you listen to it, you can hear going, you bang, can, bang, you, bang, bang. No, keep it down, boys. We're trying to go <laughs> dark side of the moon over here. What are you doing in there, yeah. lads? Yeah. No, you can just hear, I don't think it's double D, double D. I'm not sure what it is, but you can just hear it, but it's definitely a Beatles song. Oh, sorry, I spat again, didn't I? But because the, the voices that go, uh, you know, why am I care? Why do I care about dying? You know, it, yeah. that, that was originally going to be Paul McCartney and the Beatles doing that. Oh, really? But they use the roadies instead. But anyway, sorry. Yes, no, the internet is where you get information like that. I've just told you. Yes, some of it more reliable than others. Yes, but, uh, that and there yeah. you go. You see, so the great thing about the internet is full of information. You know, I could be watching football match of the day or something like that, and I'd be thinking, where did he used to play? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's where he used to play. You know, yeah. so there's that magic to it. But equally, what you just said, you know, we are now living in that brilliant Trump thing where he goes fake news, mm. and you're going, you created something brilliant here, haven't you, mate? Because yeah. You know what is real now. You yeah. know you see what he's done there. The man well, yeah, that that's in the political, and that's interesting. Yes, itself, but, but, it, but it's still the amount of information which is correct. now at your fingertips. Correct. That, that would have taken uh, you'd have to get on a double decker bus to go to a reference library <laughs> to get the information tomorrow morning, correct. rather than it's three in the morning. I need that now, and you've got it. You've, you've, correct. And the other thing about the internet, of course, because it because in its own right, it's become a kind of a little bit of a. Um, uh, what's the word? Not a corporate. What's the word when something is, um, you know, like a, a product? It's become a product. Commercialised. You mean you're, you're but monetized? But, yeah, but my point being, if 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 a certain station, TV station, says something, you're generally going to go, well, if the BBC is saying it, then yeah. it's, it's obviously right. Well, that's the problem with the internet. Well, if it's on the internet, yeah. you know, that some of us are going. Well, you're not silly. A lot of people, but there are a lot of people, sheeple. Yes. You know, who uh, who go, oh well, that's true, isn't it? It's true, and you go, mm, I don't know if it is. So, or, or does anybody have any control on what can be advertised on Instagram or something? Well, Mary Whitehouse, can you imagine her now? She'd be, mm. she must be spinning, mustn't she? That poor old lady. She'd be going bunkos. She's saying, I told you what was going to happen. She and would it, have said, I told you. Yes, yeah. So there is no, but you know. You had, well, you had let Grange Hill on the telly. It was all bets were off and standards dropped. Correct. Yeah. But that's, there's no control over that now. And, uh, but but I, but as a as a thing that it is for for expressing and, and growing, it's quite brilliant. But equally, that's what I was saying. Is it a dystopia or anyway, it doesn't matter. All right, now your dystopia. last yeah, <laughs> your last wonder of the world is oh. my as I say your wonky mind. Yeah, my wonky mind. Your yeah. mind is a wonder of the world. M my mind for me is a wonder of my Fair world. Fair enough. And I yeah. thought that the po point of this podcast was it was about you. So yes. I would have picked other things, of course. Yeah. I would have picked the, the joys of childbirth. Right? Yeah. But um, no, my, for me personally, uh, I, I have a, a, a mind that you probably already are sitting there worked out thinking that he's got a job living with himself, that chap. Um, but but I, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite pleased. I live with, I live with a certain personality disorders and uh, I, I live with me and everyone else in here. But I don't want rid of them because uh, you know I like I like what I do, yeah. and 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 sometimes I'm misunderstood when all I'm actually trying to do is make people laugh, really, you know, or not make people. I hate that when people say that. I'm going to try and make you laugh. <laughs> Go on then. Um, 
So, you know, I, I'm pleased that I have this mind. And, and, and what, I, what I do love about my mind, and it, it's all right to love something about yourself, isn't it? Because we, we spend our lives, don't we, being too, you've got to love yourself. Mm. If you can't love yourself, and as soon as you come out in public and go, I love my mind, you go, oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at you. So when, you know yeah. when you're kids and the, you've got children and they're going, now come on, let, let Thomas play with that as well. No, no, uh, no! Come on! And the kid's crying because he doesn't want to play with yeah. the truck. Let them play together, and then they all grow up and try and take each other's countries. But um, <laughs> the thing about my wonky mind is what I love about, and I was saying about the podcast that I did, the, the Bear with Me and all that, and it all comes out of this weird place. But I'm, I'm luckily one of those people that can go right. I'm going to do it now, and I get up whether it be paint a fence or or paint my barn, which I did recently, or whatever. I do it, and then I step back and go. How did that happen? And especially creatively, yeah. you know, all the bear with me. If you do listen to bear with me, you've got to stick with the first two, right? Because you'll be going, what is going on? And then you'll get it if you do, right? But, you know, I write it, I record it, and then it's done. And I edit it, and I, I enter this kind of like state of, 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 of complete maniac, really. You're in the flow. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, my mind will go, keep going at it and, yeah. it. and it's, and then I come out of it and I look back and then I listen to it or anything yeah. I've done. And I go, oh my God, where did that come from? So. That doesn't I, sound that wonky. That sounds like you've got a creative mind. Well, it's creative, and, but it and, also destroys me as well. Yeah. It attacks me a lot. So yeah. I have to attack it back. That's why I've got, I've got me ping band. Right. So I've got. If the, you snap that and that you no longer have it, what? Okay, hell break oh, no, 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 no. You no, no. become Frankenstein's no, no, monster no, no, or something. No, I've got hundreds of these, mate. Yeah. So basically, for the people listening, I've got a, I've got a band on my wrist. So when I get a bad thought, any bad thought, I just ping it, and it goes. It's great. It's, right. I think smokers do it actually. I'm not sure, but what if your thought is I must strangle somebody with an elastic band? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. those bloody postmen throwing numbers on yeah. my ground again. Yeah. Well, do, uh, any other aspects of your mind that we need to know about? Because it doesn't sound. It's not a dangerous yeah. mind. It's no. not a lunacy mind. It's no. just sometimes I have to pull it back and go, "What, what, what are you doing?" And then it'll have a go at me, and I'll go, "Well, I didn't mean that," you know. I. I think I've got a very, very strong, I, I've, I've I weathered it, you know, over the years, you know, I, because I've suddenly realized I was the way I was. And then because I could tell the way people were and how they would speak around me, you know, people would talk, but I'm one of those people that people talk about and I am, I am here, you know, uh, like a child, you know, so I know, I know where I'm at and I, I know who I am, but I also know that I have to deal with quite a lot of things. Well, I know where, I'm at, which is at the end of this podcast, I'm shame. afraid. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Terry, for sharing your I, thoughts. I'm I can appreciate we could have done just two wonders and we could have made at least a double-length podcast with just two of them. Well, but that's actually, to... that's uh, that's quite a compliment, isn't it? Um, yeah. Actually. Uh, but I forced you to do the seven. Uh, I have to now select the wonder of wonders, the one that I, I reckon on Go. your explanation. And uh, any one of these would do, uh, but for sheer naked self-interest because it would be just so great to get Tom Stoppard to do one of these ah, podcasts. Yeah. I'm going to say, and I was in the play myself, and I have a very unhappy memory. The play was fine, but I had a very big problem with my teeth, uh, a tooth at the time from a car accident. So uh, so uh, I'm going to put Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead as my, your wonder of wonders. I'm with you on that. Yeah, okay. So... Thank you very much for sharing us uh, that for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and all your other ones. Terry Alderton. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of My Seven Wonders, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thank you for listening.
My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. The championship season is over and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app and hit subscribe.